everybody, and welcome to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 75. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside the returning... Mike, I'm back. Is it 75? I feel like it should have been higher. Wow. No words, we're 75. It feels way longer than that, I tell you. Yeah. It feels like episode 750. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, it was a great show last week, even though I wasn't in it. Um, thanks again to... Uh, the lovely, talented Travis Holyfield for taking over. Um, yes, a fantastic job. Who actually knows about stuff. I just kind of bullshit everything, but <laughs> hey, it's my thing. It's been working so far. Um, we got a great special guest on the show this week, uh, Robert Venditti. He's a little, little known name uh, in DC Comics. Currently doing uh, Green Lantern, and he's going to be doing a new Hawkman series coming out. So that's something that's exciting. I'm excited for that. Cannot wait. Um, yes. But before that, let's get into the news, or at least what's going on with uh, TV shows. Um, not a whole lot of news for TV shows. Um, they did confirm, I think it was like the other day, I saw something that was like uh, the actress they confirmed for Donna Troy in the Titans show. Like nobody knew who it was, and there's like they posted some selfie. I don't know. I think I guess it's some famous actress that people like on some show. I just don't know which show. Yeah, they've been throwing on some stuff with that at streaming network thing. Yeah, well, not things. It's just like it's very vague news, and yeah, you can you're going to be able to stream comics now, TV shows, and their movies all in one service. It might be a good thing. It might get a lot more people into comics because, like. You know, you watch TV or you watch a movie and you're like, oh, there are comics of that. And that's kind of where it ends. But like if it's on your streaming service, it'd be like, hey, we recommend this comic book because you watch this movie. No, I'm all for that because, yeah. you know, you get done watching the Titans TV show. And then afterwards, like, hey, guys, we also got this uh, awesome comic, the new Teen Titans by Marv Wolfman, George Perez. And maybe even if two people read it, it's like. Hey, two more people read a comic, you know? Yeah. I'm sure the numbers are bigger than that, but I mean, yeah, yeah. probably a little bigger than two. <laughs> I hope. Um, yeah. So, uh, this week was some, uh, ridiculous movie news going around. Um, it, <laughs> Jared Leto's getting his own Joker movie. <laughs> um, not only that, but I also read that there's, they're still going forward with the other Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie. Um, this joke, the Jared Leto Joker movie is being produced by Jared Leto, so it's like DC's not even throwing money down for this movie. <laughs> I think Jared Leto's so stubborn that he's like the the best Joker to to become that he's just gonna fund the movie himself. I feel like this was one of those situations where they were like he was pissed that he wasn't getting that other Joker movie. Yeah, and he you know threw a hissy fit and someone in dc was just like fuck just give him his own joker movie like just give him the movie it can't be worse than suicide squad it's fine we'll give it a hundred dollar budget <laughs> it'll be some weird indie flick where they're like in one room it's just you know i'm i'm so torn by this because i like the idea of like an elseworld story yeah but if you're gonna do two joker movies they need to be spaced apart by years yeah. And if they're both being produced and developed at the same time, they're probably going to come out maybe Hot a year. pile garbage. 
Well, yeah, that far apart, but also garbage. <laughs> I don't listen. I'm a huge DC fan. I'm partly a DC fan of the movies. I mean, I like them. Yeah, they have their flaws. Um, my thing is, I just I can't listen to what's going on in the DC cinematic universe. <laughs> I can't listen to it. I'm just gonna like all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna ignore it all and just watch the movies and do my judgment like when the movie's out and at the theater that's when i'll believe it's happening <laughs> other than that i'm not I, I don't know i still don't believe that there's an aquaman movie coming out this year yeah they apparently they filmed it i don't know <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen a trailer yet maybe they're waiting for san diego con i don't know um zach snyder will kind of swoop in land and drop a trailer and they'll be like oh we completely forgot about you and now we love you again and then they'll crush our dreams. Speaking of that, they got to come out at San Diego Comic Con and just blow people away. Yeah, they, they, not even just, cause I'm not even like expecting them to blow people away. I would just be okay if they had like their shit together. Like, they're like, <laughs> guys, <laughs> like they don't even have to show me anything new. Just promise everyone you got your shit together this year. Like, hey, we got a guy, he's, he's writing everything down in order this time. You know, like, <laughs> we're not just throwing, throw darts at a wall and figured it out from there. That's, yeah. <laughs> oh God. Anyways, we have fun here. Yeah. Um, some good news. though. the, uh, this is for WB for Warner brothers. So with the good, with the bad comes the good, um, the Lego movie two part two trailer. Yeah, it was awesome. So good. So, so good. So first of all, we get the definitive Batman in this trailer. Yeah, the <laughs> only Batman. The only Batman confirmed for the DC Universe currently is Lego Batman. He's, he's, he has the mantle right now. So, But the movie just looks so, so good. Like it, They're definitely yeah. taking a riff on this kind of post-apocalyptic thing that everybody's been... Yeah, like the Mad Max. Yeah. And... I don't like it's it's that and then there's some sci-fi in there because I go out in space like they got the tone down right it just I'm so excited I've loved yeah. all three of the Lego movies so far I'm excited for this one I think I'm gonna watch Ninjago tonight dude I do recommend it it's not the best of the three but it's fun and yeah. like I am the guy who's just like those Ninjago TV shows are stupid and I absolutely <laughs> love that movie so yeah yeah, me too. Um, I went and saw a movie this weekend. Uh, what are you drinking out of? Is that like some type of this is, pineapple mixed drink? This is a... Uh, so everyone knows it's uh, summer here in upstate New York, so I broke out the, the pineapple class. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, looks like, it looks like a drink you get like while you're like on vacation in tea water or something. No, this is my summer cup. Oh, okay. So you know I'm living the beach life. Yeah, yeah, you could pretend to be at the beach. It's fine. So I saw a movie this weekend. Um, no, it wasn't Deadpool two, and no, it wasn't Solo. I just I'm falling so behind on both those movies. Um, I couldn't decide which one to go to, so I went to the newest movie that opened this weekend, uh, Hereditary, because everybody knows that I'm a huge, huge, huge horror movie fan. Um. Oh, that's the one everyone's raving about right now, right? Yeah, and so I, I ended up like, um, I was on a thread on Reddit like a while ago about um, some good horror movies coming out this year, 
And uh, it's produced by A24. These are the guys that did The Witch, which is up there with my top five right now for horror movies. Uh, Came out a couple years ago. Um, This movie, it like it went to Sundance and people were saying, like, this is the scariest thing I've ever seen. Like, like terrifying. Um, I loved it. I I came out of that movie saying it's 10 out of 10 for horror movies for me. Um, The the acting is great. The it's not like, you know, people and I heard people walking out of theater saying they hated it. And it's like, I mean, look at the reviews going on right now. And a lot of people will go in thinking it's like going to be a jump scare movie. It's not a jump scare movie. It's like it's a horror movie with a good plot, and the whole time you just can feel completely um, like unnerved, like you just uncomfortable the whole movie. Like like you're on pins and needles of like there's very uncomfortable parts of the movie. I'm not going to spoil anything for anyone. Um, you need to go into this movie cold. Like watch the trailer once. Don't even watch the trailer. Just go and get spooked. Um, it's great. So now they have the witch under their belt, which is another fantastic movie, and they have uh, they have this movie. It's just, it's all I can say. It's like uh, the movie starts off with like the mother of the family dies, and they start learning like more and more weird shit starts happening to the family after that. Um, and obviously, the the mom has to have this profession where she makes like mini figurines for um, for like art shows and art galleries. So it's like what. What other creepier profession could you have of like making little sculptures of like scenes happening throughout your life? It's like pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So like there's room there's a room filled with other little rooms, and you're like, oh, this is just creepy looking to begin with. Um yeah, that's all I'll say. It's 10 out of 10 for me. Easily the best horror movie I've seen this year. And I think it came out this year. It technically came out this year, so or last year. I think it was last. It might have been December. Might have just missed it. Either way, it's really good. Go see it if you like horror. Cool. Yeah. Chris won't go see it. but No, I won't. <laughs> I actually had trouble sleeping after it. Um, so definitely do not. No, I've got, you know, Pokemon to capture. Things to do. <laughs> I can't be stuck. I can't be stuck worrying about being murdered at night. <laughs> um, into the Spider Verse two trailer. Uh, what do you think about that? I'm kind of like you know it's Spider Man. The uh, the animation is interesting, but other than that, it's like yeah, we'll check it out. So I I loved it. I I mean it's yeah it's Spider Man, but the idea of it centering around Miles Morales makes me really happy because I love that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like. They're going to add in, like, you could see the punk Spider-Man. You could see Spider-Gwen. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, Heavy of course, side. Peter Parker's in there. It, I love the style of it. Like, I love the little panels popping up and how it's comic book-like. And uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's coming out in a busy time of the year, but I definitely think I'll be making time to watch this. If you haven't seen the trailer, it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out for sure. It looks like a fun film film flick. I like the Miles Morales because we've had like four, three, three four iterations of Peter Parker now. Yeah. On the big screen. So it's nice to have a fresh face or fresh character. And you know Spider Gwen's gonna be the next one to get their own movie because everyone's gonna freak out about it because fucking Spider Gwen. Chris is just upset it's not a squirrel girl movie. 
Um, a, yes, I am. <laughs> B, I just don't get Spider. I mean, it's another one. It's a Deadpool situation. Like, yeah. I don't get it. The story just is so boring, and it's just, it's whatever. It, it's, it is what it is, and people enjoy it, so good on That's that. That's how I feel about Jane Eyre, but that one, I like, just, a, an award or something like that. Yeah, I just kind of want to see characters... I mean, like anyone else, I want to see characters I like get their comeuppance, but I really hope that everyone comes out enjoying Miles as much as I do, because I think it's a very interesting character and twist on the whole Spider-Man thing. But they're not the ones I like. Do the movies about the ones I like. I mean, yeah. I know it comes off a little whiny, but it's just... No, I. that's me, though. Like I, I've been asking for an Owlman movie for a while, you know, but they always have to just come out with a Batman movie. It's like, what about my needs? <laughs> I will say this, though. We never talk video games on here, but um, uh, uh, the Lego Batman uh, video games has turned into DC Villains this year as a new game. Yeah, we talked about and, it last week. Yeah. Oh, man. Owlman is in it. They confirmed the crime syndicate is in it. So that's all I'm saying. We're getting closer to Owlman being on a big screen. I'm telling you, uh, probably third or fourth reboot for the DC Extended Universe. You'll get the Crime Syndicate. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping. Third or fourth. Hopefully they'll still be alive. Um, yeah, so... It's only one two last... years away, don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, uh, movies. Um, do we want slash need a kick-ass movie reboot? I had no problem with the kick-ass movies. I thought they were great. Um, we never made it to the third one because the second one tanked for some reason. Um, I don't know. I, I I liked them. I don't know. What do you think? I I love the Kick-Ass movies, especially the first one. I yeah. think the first one's fantastic. Uh, this comes up because they're talking about rebooting it, mm-hmm. and I don't. I think it's too soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think... It's, there's so much other Miller stuff they could do, right? Like, yeah, huh? and, and it's just like, I think we get too hung up on this whole, well, the I mean, the people who starred in that movie are getting too old to play those characters. Yeah. And I think we get too hung up on it. Like, just recast them. It's never, I mean, I don't get it. We, we get too hung up on this stuff. Just... Go ahead and do it and try it and see what happens. I guarantee you, people, when you see Kick-Ass 3, people are going to go see it. Mm-hmm. It's just like uh, the whole uh, MC, uh, MCU debate. Just recast them. <laughs> yeah. But, but to reboot, like, when you can tell the same story over, I mean, you can't really... It's not like Spider-Man or any other big superhero where you can tell a different origin story or a twist yeah, on a different gotta, same origin story. It's got to be the same. Yeah, so, I don't know. It's weird to me. I, I think it's way too soon to do it, and I just think it's a bad idea. But, you know, been proven wrong more than once in my life, so. I mean, I, I'm going to go see it either way, so I... <laughs> oh, yeah, that being said, I'll go see it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the comics, they just changed Kick-Ass to a girl, so it doesn't matter. Like, they've already rebooted it in the comics. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Like, just do that. Yeah, why don't you just do that? Completely change this, change the whole story. Call know. it Kick Ass Three. Bring in the girl. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's a great idea. 
like already had the mantle of kick-ass before. Yeah. 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 Yeah, take that idea. Get rid of all those studios. Um, Okay, guys, we're going to cut to the interview with Robert Venditti. And uh, we'll see you on the other okay, side. We're back, um, joined by the awesome Robert Venditti, or Venditti, depending on uh, how Italian you are. We just went over that. Um, current writer for uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Um, coming up, Hawkman, number one. We're getting a, a reboot, hopefully, or something like that. We'll talk about that coming up. Um, uh, writer of Exo Manowar. Uh, Oh my God! I can't even. I'm. I'm th- it starts with an S. Uh, surrogates. Surrogates. Yes. Thanks. Surrogates. Um, so welcome to the show, Robert. Thanks for being on, man. I'm a huge fan. A uh, little starstruck right now, so that's why I keep uh, jumping over my words, stumbling over my words. But thanks for being on the show, man. Really uh, appreciate, appreciate it. you guys having me on. Good to talk to you. After all the technical difficulties we've had, <laughs> yeah, half of them were my fault. So yeah, it's all right. If it um, makes you feel any better, it's a result of me spilling a water into my laptop. Uh, so I have suffered for these technical difficulties. Yeah, you probably learned your lesson after that. I, I, we've all been there. I've done it too, and I never drink coffee near my computer ever after that. Never was, again. Uh, I probably could have got by with it, you know, because like I immediately flipped it over and turned it off, and I let it dry for like a week and all that. Yep. But the problem was I had to go out of town, and I had a bunch of stuff I was on deadline. It was like I just, I just can't not work for a week. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. On a laptop, but when I came home, everything still works except the letter M. That's the only thing that doesn't work. And for some <laughs> reason, I mean, not for some reason, but of course, my password that unlocks my home screen has a letter M in it. Of course, it does. I have to plug in like my old Dell keyboard <laughs> to hit the letter M to unlock it. And the thing was already like, I want to say it was like a. You're in the comics industry too. Maybe, so he was already five years old, so yeah. Forget it. I'll just get a new one. You know, you could have you could have started writing like EXO Anno War or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You probably need the you probably need the M eventually. I would assume. Rob, uh, Rob, I want you to write Martian Manhunter. Guys, can't do it, man. I can't Sorry. Do it. Just, I, I mean, I love it. I love to do it, but I just can't. You know. <laughs> like now, I'm trying to think of all the DC characters that start with M. This is uh, <laughs> that's a Martian Manhunter is the best one. I think that's it. Um, I'm gonna think of as we go through the interview. I'm thinking more. Just talk but hey, can we get so? Growing up, were you into comics? How did you get in the industry? How did you become a comic book writer? I was not. I mean, I I I liked comic book characters mm-hmm. from sort of general pop culture consciousness. You know, the, the Superman movies, uh, Spider Man TV show, things like that. But for whatever reason, I never really read comic books. Um, it wasn't until I was in my mid to late twenties that I. Uh, picked up my first comic book. At the time, I was in graduate school for creative writing, and I knew I wanted to be a writer when I grew up. Um, I was working on like literary fiction and things like that. I'd published uh, a short story in the Berkeley Fiction Review, and I was kind of doing those sorts of things. But I started reading comics because of this guy I worked with at Borders kept telling me to read them. And all along, I'd be like, you know, I'm in grad school, man. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I'm too cool for this. <laughs> not a nerd. And uh, finally, he was telling me about one one day, and it sounded super cool. And so I went and read it, and it was the confession story arc of Astro City. Oh, wow. So yeah. I read that, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. You know, this is everything that I'm learning about in my creative writing classes, you know, yeah. uh, character-driven narrative and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
but against this superhero genre background that I liked yep. so much when I was a kid. And so I decided I was going to take a crack at that. And uh, I, I wrote The Surrogates was my first comic book that I did. I did that while I was working in the warehouse at Top Shelf Productions, mm-hmm. uh, uh, packing boxes and things. Uh, that's <laughs> how I got into the industry. Uh-huh. I gave them a script for that book and asked them, you know, if you guys think it's all right. I know this isn't what you normally publish, but maybe you introduced me to Vertigo or Dark Horse or whatever. And they said, no, we like it. We want to publish it. And so they did. Oh, wow. That was kind of how I got my start. That's awesome. Yeah. Went from packing boxes to now someone packs your comics into a box for you. Poor people, man. <laughs> it was never what I intended, you know? And that's that's such a... Uh, so Astro City... I, pick- witness, I thought we'd be all digital by now, I swear. <laughs> yeah. I would never put that I don't on. know. I don't, I don't see the di- the digital just won't catch on. I don't know. It's still, it's still not there. Um, Amazon's trying. Yeah, they're trying their best. But so that's that's great that you like to get into the genre though, or comic book writing. You picked up Astro City, right? Because that's not as far as comic books go. That's not your normal superhero book. It's always they always look at the um, perspective of like the the civilian or someone else involved in the story. That's not actually wearing a cape. Yeah, very very much so. That was a big appeal to me. Was it was very much a from the ground looking up. Yeah, mm-hmm. as opposed from the superhero looking down. You know. Yeah. I and, think that's a that's just a cool way to approach it. Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. Um, and I I know whenever I try to like get someone to get into comic books, I'm like, okay, well, you should start off as like Kingdom Come, not for the whole. I mean, it's really cut. I mean, not continuity heavy, but it's if you're a, a a DC fan from the start, you're gonna love that book. I mean, there's so many great characters that you could see in the book, but also just for the uh, the literary content too. Yeah. The, the overall story, I think Kingdom Come is just like that's why. Oh yeah, it's, it's I the early ones that I read. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, you're you first get exposed to it with Kurt, uh, Gusiek's, um Astro City, and then you got you got in the industry that way, and then you kind of took over uh, Exo Manowar from there. No, like, I did Surrogates, and then Surrogates. I mean, I was at the premiere for Surrogates mm-hmm. on a, like a Friday or something, and on Monday I was in Top Shelf's warehouse packing boxes again. You know, oh, wow. I always kept that day job because I didn't ever want to have to take a gig to keep the lights turned on. You yeah. know, I got a family and I got to pay bills and all those things, and so yep. I wasn't as prolific as I could have been in those earlier years. But I only did the projects that I wanted to do. You know, so I did uh, another creator-owned graphic novel for Top Shelf called uh, Homeland Directive. I adapted all the Percy Jackson Olympians novels into comic books for Hyperion. Yep. Uh, did, did a couple little small things for Marvel, like an issue of Com- Marvel Comics Presents. And I did like an inventory issue of Iron Man that, you know, they mailed to me like three years later and was like, hey, we published <laughs> this. You know, it was like one of those kind of things. Yeah. Um, but Valiant was the first mainstream, you know, monthly serialized thing that I did. And, and for that, Warren Simons, the editor-in-chief of Valiant, I had visited the Marvel offices years earlier and given copies of surrogates to some of the editors there, mm-hmm. and he'd never read it. But when he was looking for people that he could talk to about writing for Valiant, he was like sort of just going through his bookshelf and being like, ah, who's this guy? Yeah. I'll read that. you know. And yeah. then he reached out to me and asked me to pitch uh, actually on a lot of their characters. He wanted me to pitch on Bloodshot. Oh, wow. Uh, a bunch yeah, of yeah. things, but EXO wasn't one of the ones he wanted me to pitch on. Oh, okay. But when I read, like, sort of about their characters, because me not coming from comics, yeah, and I started reading them in, like, the early 2000s, you know, I was, like, the first conversation I had was, man, I'm going to be totally honest with you, not only have I never heard of any of those characters you just said, I've never even heard of Valiant. 
have no idea what that is. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I was, was like, "Cool, man. That's exactly what we want. You know, we want like fresh takes and whatever." Oh, wow. Cool. So he sent me like a bunch of character Bibles for, you know, the main Shadow Man, mm-hmm. yep. Bloodshot, Harbinger, stuff like that. And and uh, Exo Man of War was the one that really leapt out to me. Mm-hmm. This is what I wanted to do because it was Earthbound, it was cosmic, it was kind of yep. like whatever you want. Yeah. And uh, I also like historical fiction too. And so I pitched for that and uh, ended up getting it. And that was kind of how my monthly comic book writing career got started, you know. Awesome. And I mean, now you're doing, uh, you're still doing the, the Hal Jordan book right now. Um, so I, I got a bunch of questions about Green Lantern because I've always thought of, I've always thought this about like, when you write a Green Lantern book, I mean, I, I, there's so many Green Lanterns, right? It's not the easiest superhero to pick, I feel like, but just because how do you, when you're approaching writing that, like, how do you separate each Green Lantern? It's like, okay, I gotta, you know, they're all in the same costume, but is it difficult to be like, okay, Kilowog's got to behave this way, and then I have, oh, Hal's got to be this way, John Stewart has to be this way. Is it like, is it kind of hard to separate those sometimes? Because I mean, when you when you read the book, it's it's overwhelming sometimes. All the yeah, all the- I mean, not I don't know. I think for me, uh, with Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, you know, you've got the four main Earth leads. Yep, Hal, John, Guy, and Kyle, and for them. In a really weird way, I grew up with this same group of guys, and we're all still friends today. And there's four of us. Uh-huh. There's a John, there's a Hal, there's a guy, and there's a Kyle in the group. You know, I'm the John. Awesome. We were like kids, and we would go out, and we'd be like, you know, the parents would pull me aside and be like, Rob, make sure nobody gets in trouble. And I'd be like, I'm 12. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> yeah. I, I, have a lot of I don't really know what I can do, here. but yeah, sure. Yeah. And, uh, but we've got those, those, you know, the, the guy who's the John, who's the uh, Hal. He's the kind of guy that could just walk into a room and not even say nothing to nobody. Within an hour, everybody would be talking to him because mm-hmm. he's just got yeah. some kind of just, just charisma about him. you know. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so for me to write those four guys, it was about really just writing. I'm hanging out with my four friends mm-hmm. and concentrating on the idea that, yeah, they're all Green Lanterns and they all have the same uniform and the same ring and they all have a will-based power. But they all get to that will in a different way. You know, like Hal is very impulsive and he goes with his gut and he's a fighter pilot. And that's where his willpower comes from. John is the exact opposite of that. He's very restrained. You know, he's a military guy, he's a tactician. He's going to hold back, you know, and it takes will to hold back and not just react like yeah. the way Hal does. And for Hal, it takes will to just react and to not sit back and think about it, you know. So for all those guys, I just try to focus on uh, how they come at that willpower differently. Now, when you get to the wider aliens, and there's like yeah. a thousand million of them, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. there's certainly a few that I've used more than others, you know, Kilowog and Tomar 2 and things like mm-hmm. that. So I try to build out their personalities and things, and I'll try to be consistent with their constructs and have them make, you know, similar things often mm-hmm. and stuff like yeah. that. Um, you know, when you get into real deep catalog stuff, like, you know, Rodlop fan or whatever, you know, like, I had to think about like, what's this guy going to do? You know, so yeah. Made it- yeah. How's he going to react? You have to think about those things sometimes. You know? And the, I mean, the latest story arc has been great so far. Um, I know like as <laughs> we typically don't see the dark stars as a, um, as a villain, right? Uh, did you, did you pick those yourself or was that something like you had, okay, we got to use these guys as a, as a plot device or how did that come uh, about for me it was a story that i had been wanting to do for a long time uh, yeah you know the dark stars have been gone for so long that you mm-hmm. can come back and have them be villainous now it's yeah like, i mean we haven't seen it in a long time something you yeah. know what i mean 
Um, and actually, you know, I wanted to use the Dark Stars for years, and it mm. wasn't really until Rebirth when things kind of freed up. Yeah. You know, a lot of the concepts that I did in Rebirth, like Brainiac trapping the core in a bottle and having the, the Green Lantern Corps fight Brainiac, you know. Yep, yeah. I wanted to do that in New 52, but I wasn't really able to. And Dark yeah. Stars was the thing I wanted to do, but I wasn't really able to. And so Rebirth kind of opened things up in a lot of ways. And uh, I tried to make the best use of that. And, you know, I didn't want to do a lot of mythology building necessarily mm-hmm. with Green mm-hmm. Lantern because I had just done that for five years on exo man of war yeah me it was and jeff had just done so much mythology building too for me it was trying to take that mythology that he built and now weave it into the the dc universe you know so they fight brainiac or rip hunter comes in for a story or yeah face cabbie's there now or you know what i mean like yeah that's cool bring in these other things and uh and weave it in kind of that way that was sort of my ambition um certainly with rebirth moving forward you know Mm -hmm. um with taking over the book after Jeff Johns, I mean, a lot of people really revere that run. And having to come in after his big finale, what what kind of pressure does that put on you? Like, did, did you think about that at all, or was it just I got to continue Green Lantern? Yeah, I mean, I was aware of it, you know, but uh, I didn't think if I was going to think about that, I wouldn't take it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. me, like I'm. Obviously, and you got to keep in mind, like, this isn't just Jeff Johns coming off, you know, close to 10 years writing the character or whatever. Yeah. For Jeff Johns, it wasn't just, you know, him having written for almost 10 years that character, mm-hmm. but being a very prevalent comic book writer for years and years before that. Like, I wrote like seven issues of Exo Manowar, and then I wrote Green Lantern 21. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have like, a real deep pool here of like uh-huh. stuff I'd done. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Uh, I, I know going in that I'm not going to write this as well as, you know what I mean? I'm not going to write as well as Jeff Johns. It's not because I'm, I've only written a handful of serialized comic books at this point. So yeah. um, I didn't think about that. I just thought about this being the kind of opportunity where I could be on a character and, and if I was fortunate enough, be on it for a while and, and grow and learn as a writer as I'm doing it. And I think if you read Green Lantern 21 versus how Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, 44 or whatever just came out i think you'll see that progress i mean i hope you would you know yeah uh, i think i think it's awesome me personally reading the the um the latest story arc is you're getting to see this awesome team up now i mean not i mean they they're forced to go and find help from people that they that they were fighting in the past and um he goes to Orion, right? He goes to the no. Um, he goes to General Zod. He goes to Zod. That's right. And that was yeah. That conversation was awesome because I mean, you have the two, you know, army guys, right? And it's they're both they both see their the way they fight or where they battle. They both had different views on it. And that conversation was just awesome. And then you have, um, uh, then you have the new gods getting involved too. And that's I mean, that's where I first picked you up was when you did the crossover with Green Lantern and the New Gods. Oh, Godhead, yeah. Godhead, yeah. I'd started to figure it out a little bit by then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you felt more comfortable with the characters to take them and do some crazy crossover like that. And yeah. man, that that was awesome to see. Yeah, I, I, I liked Godhead. That was fun to work on. Uh yeah. And it was just, you know, so many moving parts uh mm-hmm. that you're moving around. And I think one one skill that I do have, and everybody's got holes in their game, right? I mean it's just, just the nature of it. There's, there's, you know, better dialogue writers than me out there and whatever. But I think one thing that I am good at is, is I'm a good puzzle piece guy. And what I mean by that is like 
editorial can come in and dump a bunch of puzzle pieces on my desk, and I, I seem to have an ability to figure out how to make them all work. You yeah. Know? And so for Godhead, it was like we want to have a five book crossover. Yep. Wanted to evolve the new gods, and you have to use the Black Lanterns. And I was like, <laughs> all right. You know? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. And I started just moving stuff around. Yeah. And you know, awesome. You know, we were as writers. Uh, you know, the guys in the Green Lantern books, we had a retreat and we talked about a lot of those things too. But in the early stages of it, it was like, you know, what would you do? And I said, well, you know, it always seemed to me, because I didn't read Green Lantern, right? When mm-hmm. I never read an issue of Green Lantern in my life until I started researching the character. And now I'm reading it all in one sitting, you know? Yeah, you do and it so all. So I'm reading it all in one sitting. I, I keep waiting for Kyle being the White Lantern to have some connection to the life equation. Yeah. Like, waiting for it to happen, you know? Yeah. Because I know about the new gods and the life equation already, and I'm like, surely this is going to go together, yeah. and it never happened. And so, you know, I said, okay, Kyle's got the life equation. Uh, yeah. You know, he got it when he went through the source wall, mm-hmm. and now the new gods want it, and uh, we're going to get Black Hand involved, and he's going to come and raise a bunch of dead stuff off the source wall. And they were like, all right, cool, you know, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. It was awesome. I mean, it made for an epic story for me. I, I mean, I was I was reading Green Lantern at the time, and uh, for me, I was like, I don't think there was anything involving new gods, and to just like have that be dropped on us. I remember like we would meet up at the comic book shop Sunday every once a month to go over the previews book and see what to order, and I was like, order like uh, hundreds of these, like this. This is all you need on your shelf is like new gods, green lanterns. Like you don't need anything else. So, yeah, um, and you can yeah. see how much I enjoyed writing those characters because I brought them back again and yeah, birth. We you know with uh. Yep. With Orion and, and the the Fall of the Gods story, and then uh, you know I'm using Orion again now, and and, and the Dark Stars arc, you know, it's just something cool. I mean, nobody did it like Kirby, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a few issues in there, uh, in in the run, you know, that I'm really super proud of. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is 16, which is the Guy Gardner Arkillo fight when you get all the background on Guy's dad and everything, yep. and the reason yep. why. They, guy can take such a beating is because no punch hurts him as bad as the ones his dad used to hit him with yeah yeah oh yeah another one is the one with with how and the whole issue he just races uh light ray for the whole issue in a a construct fighter jet you know as i was writing it i was like you know that's that's a lot of real estate to take up uh for a story arc yeah but fuck i'm gonna do it (laughs) (laughs) i'm just gonna want to see how jordan writes Light yeah, ray and, and awesome. catch them in a construct jet, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah and that's cool. That's uh, you're doing a lot. Of, it, it seems like you're doing just the the fun stories that you want to do now. And um, I like I like the new twist you're putting on stuff, like the the Hector Hammond uh, wants to be a, a hero now, right? And uh, um, you're we're seeing that. how so much, you know. Yeah, he's, he just fires him now. He's out. like, okay, now I'll be a hero. That's pretty hilarious. What he's yeah. like. Yeah, I'm gonna be here. Always like flying with him, uh, in the construct spacesuit. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So how I, how how fun is it for you to like to figure out constructs for these scenes too? Like, it, do you have an approach that you do, or is it just like, oh I man, I really want to stick with the character, you know yeah. what I mean, and try to do what I think they would do? And uh, I'll be honest, after 85 issues, it gets hard to come up with different ones. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? like, it's like a jet plane every time. It's you know, I mean, but that's kind of the way Hal is, you know. Yeah, but like exactly. Kyle's, yep. Kyle's a tough one. Because yeah. Kyle's so creative, he would come up with something different every time. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, Guy's the easiest one, you know? Yeah. And, like, uh, he's the most fun, you know? Like, he 
he makes a construct car just so he can slam a dude's head in the door. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Like yep. you know, he makes a beer bottle so you can crack it over your head. You know, like yeah. he's the most fun and the easiest one to do. Uh, but yeah, it does get hard to keep coming up with new stuff all the time. You know. Awesome. Um, and yeah, the where you're going with the dark stars too, almost treating them as like a uh, an evil an evil ring um, bearer, right? Almost like the now it's like it, to me, it's almost like a uh, like a RoboCop of the universe, right? They're like, okay, well, we're just here for the um, to actually do justice. You know, we're gonna kill the people off rather than we don't need trials. We don't have time for that, right? It's yeah, it's an ultimate. I've given up on people's ability to learn and become better. You know, yeah. and uh, I don't know. I think that's relatable in some ways. Mm-hmm. You know? for sure. Um, so I, th- I just felt like it would be a nice. Uh, a new kind of challenge they haven't faced before. And it's something that I've seeded for a long time with Tomar too, you know, mm-hmm. and to go back to what I was saying about the guy and, and our kilo issue. And then also the, uh, you know, the Hal light ray issue, which was, you know, he, his dad is in the cockpit with him and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The whole idea of parents and children is sort of a theme that's gone throughout almost every single storyline. You know, you've yep. got Hal and his dad, guy and his dad. Yep. Uh, Saronic and, and Sinestro, the Guardians, mm-hmm. thinking of the Green Lantern Corps' children, Tomar Two and Tomar Ray, and yep. I mean, there's so many parent-child dynamics that are in there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, this was another way uh, to bring that in. You know, Tomar Two, you know, he's been a cop all these years as a Green Lantern, but he mm-hmm. just still hasn't gotten over the fact that Goldface murdered his dad. You know, it's yeah, just, like he, he just can't get over it. Prime, yep. Yep. takes away the fact that he's pissed off that Goldface is still out there living and breathing somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. It just seemed like it would be a, a good way to go about it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's It's been a great uh, series so far. I can't wait to to see what's going to happen next with the with all the crossovers happening, all these other characters, too. Um, okay, now we gotta we got to talk Hawkman, right? That's the that's the, the, new, sure. the new newest thing coming out. Um, what, what can we expect from this book? Because I know as far as as far as origins go, I mean, we always like argue about this in the comic book shop. You didn't pick the easiest character. Yeah. <laughs> as far yeah. as like tracing his origin story, I mean, it's kind of within continuity. It's kind of scrambled. Ground ball, right? You know? Yeah, it's like kind of scrambled all over the place. So, uh, I guess like, how are you? Are you going to start fresh here, or are you just going to go in and say this is our Hawk Hawkman uh, coming out of metal? Right? We're we're going to see him coming out of that story arc somehow, or um, he's a lizard now. Is how I okay. did it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Makes sense, right? Okay, this is this is a different iteration. Fresh start, fresh start, guys. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it back to kind of what I was saying earlier about being a puzzle piece guy. Like Hawkman's the ultimate puzzle, right? Like, yeah, there really is a reputation of like, just you know, it's just too confusing and whatever. So when they asked yeah. me about it, I was like, this is it, you know, this is this is the white whale. This is the, yeah, you know, exactly. I'm gonna fix this puzzle, you know. <laughs> So yeah, that was kind of my interest in the character beyond just liking the character in general. You know, the yeah, visual. Yeah, I mean, it's a badass character to begin yeah, with. But. He's just a cool character. So uh, what we're doing is we're picking up from metal in terms of, uh, you know, he he comes back from the dark multiverse and he's, you know, at the end of metal, he's writing down a bunch of stuff and whatever. And so we're picking up from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're not doing like a dark multiverse story or anything like that, which isn't to say that, some of those elements will come into play at some point. But mm. for me, the biggest thing we got from metal was, uh, um, the idea that 
the 2000 years, you know, going back to ancient Egypt that we thought he'd been reincarnating was, was not all of it. He actually goes back to the dawn of man. Now you're talking about 10,000 years. Oh, wow. It's a lot of time and a lot of space. Like, where's he been? What's he been doing? Yeah. yeah. So that's where I saw the biggest opportunity to build out what, what we wanted to do with the series. And so I put together my two page pitch, you know, here's my core concept. Um, mm. I don't want to use the word fix, you know, but yep. here's how I'm going to incorporate the continuities and here's how I think I can streamline it and make it something that's easily understandable and things like that. And, uh, uh, you know, they went for it. And so then, you know, Brian Hitch, uh, came on board and he and I really built a lot of it, uh, up from that point, you know, mm-hmm. It's awesome. Have yeah, you got I, issue yet? Like, no, you got I, advanced copies or anything like that? No, I haven't. No, no I, I wish. I, we're not. The, we're not. <laughs> we're not on the. Uh, I don't know. I don't. We're still flying under the radar as far as that goes. Um, I gotcha. Yeah. yeah, we usually get free issues after they've already been released. They because they. Yeah. We got some pretty big mouths. They know we like to talk a lot. So. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I am excited for it though because I. And I, I mean, nobody's really touched the character besides Metal, right? And it's, I, I'm guessing yeah, that's so, one of the reasons. Well, I mean, I guess they did that Death of Hawkman series number four. Yeah. The new yep. 52 that yeah. was Hawkman. And yep. I've read like 200 issues of Hawkman. Yeah. And, uh, well, not 200 issues of Hawkman. There haven't been 200 issues, but 200 yeah. issues of Hawkman stories, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. JSA sure. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've read all the uh, Hawkman stuff. Well, that's not true. I'm having a hard time finding the 80s stuff that Tony Isabella did. I haven't been able to find that. But, um, you know, it, it was another uh, opportunity. I was trying to think of what I – something I said earlier that I was going to tie it back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, I think it's interesting that, I mean, he's been alive for 10,000 years, right? So what does that – how does that take a toll on your mind, too, in um, – being alive for that long and like what is your view on everything else it's like and how um, does the human brain even process that yeah that and amount of time does is it now is like I mean, lifetime goes by reason and, why some of his continuity is so confusing is because to an extent he's an unreliable narrator of his own life right because how uh, would he okay. even remember these things um, like our minds don't work that way yeah but like yeah. how would he even make sense of what's like, happening some of the things that have happened to him yeah you know it's, wow. it's, it's like how does it's like anything else. You just you cope with it the best way you can. Your mind makes sense of it in the uh-huh. best way that, of using the language your mind speaks. You know. Yeah. But he's this his life as a language that the human mind doesn't speak. So that's 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 a pretty cool approach to it. I think um, I'm definitely excited for it. Uh, I I can't wait to pick up the issue. Um, is there anything uh, anything else coming up that you can hint at or want to talk about? Or I've got a couple other projects. Uh, that I am working on. They haven't been announced yet. Um, okay. I am still doing damage for DC, so I'll be yep. doing that. Uh, I'm pretty much done with How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. I've written all the plots, and I've got one more issue that I have to write dialogue for, 50, and that's it. Uh, You're done after 50. We've got the arts all done all the way up through 49 and everything. Rafa Sandoval's drawn 50 right now. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of transitioning off of that and into Hawkman and still doing damage and then mm-hmm. working on these other two projects that I've got going on over at DC. Cool. Um, so how's the, how's the uh, reception been for damage? I mean, it's, you're, you're kind of bringing in a character that doesn't have a huge popularity in the, in the DC universe, right? Or, I mean, nobody's, it's a brand new character. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Kind of, so how, it's like how yeah. How, how does that, how does that work? Is that, 
it was fun to be yeah. able to do that. I mean, if you think about, uh, you know, if you think of the DC universe as like a wall, you know, mm-hmm. all the characters are, and all the people that have written and drawn and all that, or they're all bricks in this wall that have made the DC universe. Mm-hmm. You know, damage is me getting to put a brick in that wall. You know, yeah, it's and pretty cool. Kirby's in that wall. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. In that wall. So uh, it's cool to be able to to contribute something like that. I like using the pre-existing characters as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love doing that stuff, but it is cool to be able to use, to be able to bring your own characters in and create something new. And, and then hopefully, you know, what lives on past you and other people, you know, do things with it. And, and it's definitely a different kind of book for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's much more action oriented and, you know, uh, spectacle than a lot of the stuff I normally do, which is mm-hmm. kind of why I wanted to do it, you know, do yeah. something fun and different. And, you know, there's, you know, Exo Man of War, you open up on a, on a battlefield between the Romans and the Visigoths and he doesn't even put on the suit of armor until the last page of issue two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first 48 pages or whatever it is are all just building up to that moment. Like damage is like on page one, he's changing into damage and the pages two and three, he's damaged breaking out of a plane. You know? Yeah. It's like everything's being destroyed already. Yeah. Just hit the ground running. You know? Yeah. Awesome. Definitely a different kind of story. Very cool. Um, well, I mean, that's all I have. Chris, are you all good? Yeah, other than, you know, when am I going to get to see you do a Marvel character? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Who you got in mind? I love Cap. I love Captain America. I'd write Captain America in a second. Uh, oh, that's my man. <laughs> yeah, I'm real happy at DC. Um, <laughs> I think historically for me, like the, the kinds of stories and the kinds of characters that I always kind of gravitated to were the DC characters. Um, Superman, Flash, you know, Hawkman, things like that. I shouldn't say I didn't like some of the Marvel characters growing up. Captain America. Um, and I love a lot of things that Marvel's doing with their films and things. But uh, I really like the DC Universe. I like the characters there. And Me for too. Now, I'm happy to, uh, uh, to be in that place, which isn't to say I, I won't at some point want to try my hand yeah. at Marvel or something like that, but no plans in the immediate future. So, and, and that's always my little joke with the DC exclusive guys, but uh, I also have to throw my pitch out there. I threw it at Jeff Lemire, and now I'm throwing it at you, because <laughs> okay. I, I need this character to return to return at some point. So, funny story about Jeff Lemire. Like, I've known him. I, he, he was one of the guys whose books I used to box and ship when I worked at Top Shelf. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He published were with Top Shelf. Yep. So oh, I yep. met him back on the convention circuit when he had just won the Zurich grant. Oh, and, wow. uh, you know, I've known him that we've gone back a long ways. Matt Kent is another one that was a top shelf. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, Nate Powell, uh, yeah. Ray Fox. Wow. There's a ton of those people. Yeah. A lot of talent. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Go ahead. my, my pitch for you, the character we got to get back in the DC universe. It's from this little book from the '90s called Doom Patrol. I'm sure you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. The villain is Codpiece. Oh, the beard guy. Not oh. is he the beard dude? No, he doesn't have a beard. No, uh, he wears the helmet. He has, a, he has an all red suit. It, he kind of looks like Exo Manowar, except it's all red. Is and then he has a giant cannon on the codpiece that covers <laughs> up his junk. Okay. And it has all types of different tools in it. This is a real character. I'm not making okay. shit up that. <laughs> I, I, I did not think it was creative. So. <laughs> the 90s got a little weird. Yeah. yeah. 
So I'm just saying, at some point, you know. Is this the Grant Morrison run? It's right after the Grant Morrison after. run, actually. Which is no, like, you would Grant think Morrison. that it, that sounds weird, like Grant Morrison. So yeah. I think when they were coming into it, they were like, how can we out weird Grant Morrison <laughs> cod piece? That's how we do it. <laughs> I don't know. The only thing I'll say to you as a word of warning, only thing I'll say to you as a word of warning yeah. is uh, it was probably about five years ago in a situation very similar to this. I was yeah. doing a podcast interview. Mm-hmm. One of the hosts begged me to use Goldface in some way in Green Lantern. I was going to ask you why you used Goldface. And too. I just I killed the shit out of that guy. Yeah, I know. He did. Yeah. <laughs> he <killed laughs> All he did was lay in a bed and get fried. That was it. Yeah. It was awesome. I used him, so. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying he has to live. I'm just saying the <laughs> modern day world needs to know about Godbeats. Yeah, I just I and just really quick about Goldface. It's so funny because like, uh, I mean, we used to have segment on the show before we got to do awesome interviews like this, uh, and we used to do shit a shitty villain of the week. And I mean, we found some old school DC stuff that you would people don't even want to admit that used to be a villain, but like, um, like Hemogoblin was one of them. Pretty bad. But uh, and I remember like seeing Goldface too come up in Green Lantern. I'm like, God, this this guy's got he's so shitty. <laughs> like, and then he just vaporized him, and I'm like, okay, that's all I was expecting. Like the I wasn't expecting much. Was like, <laughs> like I knew the continuity of him, and I knew that yeah. he had killed Tomar Ray and all that. But I mean, obviously, those comics are way before I was reading comics. Oh yeah. So really as I sat down and like, all right, I'm going to finally use this character now. I'm going to go back and read these issues and see him <laughs> kill Tomar Ray. Like I'm thinking it's going to be some 15 page knockdown drag out, oh, you no. know? Because I mean, this is Tomar Ray. You know what I mean? He's like yeah. one of the very first guys. It's like yeah. a two panel choke out, and that's it. You know. <laughs> That's it. Like, if I was Tomar too, I'd be mad too. Yeah, you know? I'd be so mad. And it, I mean, like, I, I wasn't, I was expecting a fight, kind of like you were when you, when he was like, "I'm gonna go kill him." I'm like, oh man, this is gonna be, this is gonna be awesome. And then he kind of just gets vaporized. You're like, wow, that was, pr- that guy was pretty shitty. <laughs> he can't really even defend himself. <laughs> Hey man, he got what was coming to him. That's know? awesome. Yeah. I hope I hope I hope the same happens to Cod Piece. Maybe one day we can <laughs> we can hope for it. Oh man, but, you'll hit, you'll hear me screaming. Yeah, awesome, Rob. Thanks for being on the show so much. Um, best of luck to you with your future endeavors, and I can't wait to read Hawkman. I'm I'm excited for that book too. Yeah, that's if, if our viewers and listeners want to keep in touch with you, see what you're doing. Where's the best place to send them? Twitter and Instagram, um, at Robert Vendetti on both of those. Uh, I'm pretty active. I don't do Facebook. I never really yeah. did. I don't know why. I just, I don't know. For the, for the best. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that's the easiest way to find me, you know. It's so, awesome. Where are you guys based out of? I'm out of Massachusetts. Uh, upstate New York. He's uh, in upstate New York, yeah. Right. Are you? Are you? Uh, where are you based out of? Atlanta. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'm going to do a couple signings in the Southeast. If you guys have any listeners down there, I'm doing a signing at Dr. Knows Comics on the 13th in Atlanta when issue one comes out. And then I'll be in uh, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area doing a signing at all the Ultimate Comic stores on Saturday the 23rd. Awesome. Um, I encourage you to go online and Google the Ultimate Comics uh, TV ad that's airing where uh, my head flies right out the screen. They did like, this crazy <laughs> ad of like... It's like a accent. They refer to me as Sir Robert Vendetti, and my head comes flying. Oh out. my god! Yeah. So I encourage you to go look at that. That will live. It's got to be track. great. It's got to have your face on an ad like that. And they said it to me, and I was just like, "All right, 
<laughs> Run it. That, that'll get people to show up for sure. <laughs> we should just we should change our intro so just creators' heads are flying at the screen as. It's oh happening. yeah, whoever we're interviewing that day, that's a good idea. We should talk. About that. Yeah, it's like today we have Robert Mendini. It's like flying. At the you know what you could do is you could like. Uh, you could like start your show and like have the the cook the oven timer go off. Oh my like, god! Like a baking pan with like yeah, that. we could. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I just, just baked Robert Vendetti. Let's talk to him. I mean, <laughs> and then it like swirls into some cheesy edit on the show. You know, it's Robert's made me feel really good about showing off my kitchen today because we've had so many technical difficulties that the the oven had to make a a return. It's been like fifty episodes without the oven. I will say that. I'm glad I was here for it. You know? Yeah. So <laughs> that was just for you, man. <laughs> just brought it back just for you. Now you got to bring back Cod Peace. <laughs> awesome. Hey, man. Thanks for being on the show, Rob. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Take care. See you. Have a good one. And we're back. Wow. We're back. Hey. What a cool dude. Yeah. Very, very cool individual. Some cool stuff we talked about that origin story. That man, that was that was that was awesome. I love doing these out of order because we're faking it really bad. Yeah, I tried so hard to fake. It. I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He might have not been an awesome dude, but I like to think they're always an awesome dude. What if he just so. comes on and he's just like, you know, fuck you guys and your stupid podcast. <laughs> and then he hangs up and be like, he's still an awesome dude. Still one of the best we've had. <laughs> Oh my god, I want that to happen though. Yeah, I hope so. Well, I Everybody hope listening happens. to this has already heard the interview, so they're just like, yeah. what the fuck are these two guys doing? Yeah, what are they talking about? We actually, a lot of editing happens in the show. You just guys just don't know about it. Anyways, uh, let's get to comic book news. Marvel announces as Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> How have we not thought of this this before, right? How has this made it? How's this, how's this term survived through the 80s? And nobody picked up as Guardians of the Galaxy. As Guardians, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like genius. It's, I want to know, I, I wish I could be in one of those meetings. Because I, I want to know, did Colin Bunn just sit there and go, guys, as Guardians of the Galaxy. And they're like, who, what do you mean? What do you want to do as a Guardian of the Galaxy? No, no, as Guardians. <laughs> What what about Thor? No, as Guardians, I don't understand. So basically, anyone that hasn't kept up, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are no more in the Marvel universe, and uh, yeah, so as Guardians are going to take over, and all I know is Destroyers in it, and Angela, and a few other as Guardians, and I'll buy it because it says Colin Bun. Yeah, and hopefully, let's try to get him back on the show and uh, that we find out what happened. With that, yeah. Well, there's a there was a great interview I listened to with Donny Cates where he was talking about Venom, uh-huh. and he had he talked about that moment. And he was just sitting there going like, "Yeah, we're sitting in the retreat," and I told him the whole story for Venom. I had like he has like seventeen twenty issues planned out, and he goes, "Yeah, and we get to this point, and then we're gonna bring in another book, and it's gonna be called Venom." <laughs> <laughs> And he literally, he said, and my good buddy, Jason Aaron, just looks at me and goes, yeah, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Don't do that. (laughs) And guess what? We're getting the book. (laughs) It's happening. Apparently. Wow. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's awesome. Uh, Vertigo is relaunching seven new titles, but they're not new titles though. They're new classic titles. Oh, are they? I think so. At least that's what I. Th- they're relaunching the whole brand, I guess. And there were seven titles, and only one interested me in any way. The, I think the only, I mean, what's killing Vertigo is they don't have fairy tales anymore. I, this whole thing, like, the people they brought in, they brought in oh. people from television and movies and uh, video games and different walks of life and said, pitch us your comic book. And that's what they're doing. And like I said, there's one that's kind of interesting. It's called Second Coming. And it's like a superheroes, but at the time when Jesus is resurrected. Oh, wow. And it's like, that intrigues me because of my how much I enjoy mythology. Yeah. But other than that, I thought the rest of them were kind of uninspired. But I don't know, that's just me. Uh, it They felt kind of like they should have been under the Young Animals line. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I just think Vertigo's big problem is they can't attract big names anymore. Like that's what Image yeah. Comics is for. So good. I mean, I hope it works out for them because uh, healthy verticals Vertigo is good for the industry. But we'll see how this one works out. Maybe DC just absorbs them completely. Well, they are owned by DC. Yeah, so I mean, maybe they just rebrand it completely. Like, don't even call it Vertigo anymore. I I mean maybe it's time I don't yeah. know I for me there's not there there's never really anybody that's like oh I read Vertigo comics <laughs> no that was totally it's, a 90s thing <laughs> yeah like yeah I read Image I read Marvel or DC and I don't know I I'm not trying feel to like, diss on them or anything but no they're, that's just how it is right now I almost feel like the best move for them would be to do exactly what you're saying and yeah. call it like you know still be vertical but you're, you're under the dc umbrella 100 percent now and yeah. give them those adultish characters and say here's yep. swamp thing again here's hellraiser again and all these other characters and just yeah, do that would definitely more mature like, versions like dc slash vertigo swamp thing yeah and then they could still cross over and everything yeah yeah i don't know We've had some good ideas today. We're still going to start charging for these, I think. Um, yeah, so GameStop is going to start selling comics, too, in their stores. Not every store, but... And that's awesome. Hey, man, start selling comics everywhere. Get them out there. You know, I wish I wish newspaper stands or, like, magazine stands in the city still did that, too. I think that'd be so awesome. Just walk up and buy a comic while you're walking in the street. That's I want to be back to that point. Yeah, this feels a lot like a effort to change GameStop into something else. Oh, for sure. And uh, find a way to keep them open, which, you know, more power to them, do it. I would love to see a, even though I think retailers listening will probably disagree with me, but I would love to see a chain comic book store pop up. Um, that just means more people have a comic book store to go to in their local area. And if yeah. GameStop's the one to do it, more power to them. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's Newberry Comics in Massachusetts. Everybody's heard of Newberry Comics. There's like five or six of them without, throughout the, like, the city and stuff. Um, yeah, there's a few that have broken out and done, like, chains in their area. Uh-huh. Like Midtown, there's, like, got, there's three or four of them in New York City. Yeah. 
But I would love to see one go kind of nationwide and have one almost everywhere. So even because there's plenty of people that might listen to this or are just out there that don't have a comic book store anywhere near them. Yeah, there's none in my town. I think the closest one is like an hour away. Hour away? Yeah, at least an hour. So Yeah, and I'm spoiled. I live in a small town, and I have two within spitting distance of my house. So Man, it's like you strategically <laughs> placed yourself in that area. Yes, I went... The thing is, is I found Booster Gold. We went back in time. Back in time. And convinced your parents. And we told my dad that right before he fucks my mom, he should move to this town. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. He just went for it. But, yeah, that's that's probably Booster how... Booster Gold and I don't fuck around, man. <laughs> Booster Gold. Oh, man. I really just want a Booster Gold book. Anyways, speaking of books... um. What did you read this week? Stuff. Things and stuff? Yeah. Did you read Walking Dead? I did read Walking Dead. That was a, that was like a filler episode if I've ever read one. This whole arc has felt like it's just leading to another arc. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I was like, like, oh, they oh, no. do that. But but at the end of this issue, I was like, oh, no, they're going to get into a philosophical debate. <laughs> like, here we go. Yeah, like, it's just, it's leading to another, I don't think it's going to be the same as, like, the governor or Negan in terms of war, but I think it's going to be, like, a war of ideas. Yeah. And uh, you'll see a lot of change coming, but I look forward to the next arc. (laughs) I think this one was just kind of set up for that. I think so as well. Um, Not a bad issue, but it just wasn't, nothing crazy going on. Uh, Essentially, they they finally meet up at... um, uh, what the hell's the name of the place? Alexandria. Yeah. And they, uh, the both leaders, the governor and Rick, are sitting down having a conversation about what to do next. Um, Batman number forty-eight this week was awesome. It, uh, we finally get to see the Joker after a long time, and it's kind of just a, it's just a fist fight between him and the Joker, like all issue in a, in a church where Joker like killed this wedding party. Um. And then he actually gets one up on Batman and the issue ends with Catwoman going to save him. Uh, and he tells her like before he left to go fight Joker that he's like, stay here. He's not like anybody else that I fight. So I don't know. You know, when DC set that rule a few years ago of like nobody in the DC universe can be happy, like no marriage, no happy life. I don't know. I knew it was too good to last, man. Let's see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I had I also had Paper Girls come out this week. Um, I did not get to read that yet. Uh, last week I didn't talk about my books either, but I don't know if if anybody really cares to hear that. <laughs> but uh, Doomsday Clock, did you talk about Doomsday Clock? We did. Okay, and you talked about Saga. We did. And you talked about uh, No Justice Number Four. Yes. I would love to get your, uh, and I'm sure people hear one too, because I, I need to reread it again. But what was your take on Doomsday Clock? Um, like you said, I got to reread it again. Um, I'm trying to think of, like the key points from it right now. I mean, I, just, I wonder if you agree with me on the my premise of it was like, this is a book that I really need to go back and read in one sitting. Oh yeah, for sure. Because there's so much, it's one of those dense books that uh, I'm going to have to go back and read it. Like I, I mean the, the issue ends with like the, the mime and um, 
uh, what's her name, meeting up with Joker. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, we saw that coming. But the whole thing with uh, that Legion, the Legionnaire girl, um, I can't think of her name right now. But, like, she actually puts the flight ring on and stuff, and then she starts talking about things before they're happening. Like, she knows the future, right? Um, that's really interesting. And then, uh, I mean, it was bound to happen that Ozzy Mendez was going to break out. We yeah. saw that coming. Yeah, but it's something, it's going to It's gonna be like the Watchmen, because even the Watchmen are like this, the single issues, I mean, you got to read them all together. It's the overall story arc is like what's really important. Yeah, I feel like it's a, I've been thinking about it since last week, because I thought I did a really bad job of explaining how I felt. Uh-huh. And it feels like there's really great moments and I'm not putting the pieces together in between. Yeah. Because it's just I it's just a book that really needs to be read as a graphic novel. I love that the comedian's back though. I love seeing his character. Yeah. It's awesome. He's badass. Um, but yeah. I still got a couple to read. Uh Justice League came out this week. Yep. Um, it's called what it, that's not the title though. It's called uh Is it just Justice? Yeah, it's Justice League. Justice League, yeah. Okay, so Justice League number one, Scott Snyder's writing it. Uh, fantastic story, I think, so far. Um, yeah. We got to see... Uh, we got to see the Legion of Doom. Right? They're back and fully formed. Yeah, Legion of Doom was back. The whole... Yeah. Uh, thing with Martian Manhunter and the yeah the mind yeah. room he creates yeah that's awesome he's, he's got like a mobile mobile Hall of Justice with, that he creates with his mind yeah and then they, awesome. they bring back the Hall of Justice too yeah yeah there was a lot of cool stuff there yeah there's a lot of like easter eggs and stuff and then the whole story arc of like what do you think is coming I got no clue but I can't wait side? to find out I don't know well, Darkseid is going to be on one of the Justice League teams. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't so know, it, but I thought he yeah. set up everything really well. Like, showed the cast, yeah. showed the the place and where everyone is, and um, put little seeds to see what the you know the future can bring, and has me hooked. So, and then Jim Chung's art is fantastic. Yeah, Chung's art is so good. Um. Yeah, I can't wait to see. I'm like excited to read the Justice League again. So it worked. It got me excited for that. That's for sure. I've been needing the Justice League in my life. So first time I'm excited for Justice League book in a long time. Yeah, that's all I got. What about you? Well, I also got uh, Man of Steel number two, and uh, not a lot happens in this other than we get to see Toy Man, which was pretty fantastic, and we find out that. You know, something's going on between Clark and Lois, and Lois has been missing, and we don't really know what. And it's a big secret that everybody's trying to figure out. And uh, also, that the planet is kind of going under. Oh. Somebody bought them out, and they're not sure how much longer they're going to be open. And then our Kryptonian killer has found out that Superman lives and is heading towards Earth. So it was an oh. issue to get us from one place to another basically 
Mm-hmm. And we got to see a cool Toy Man sequence. Oh, uh, what? Toy Man? Yeah, Toy Man. Like, like legit Toy Man, too. Not this, the new 52 Toy Man. <laughs> oh, okay. Like serious Toy Man. Yeah, like some real Toy Man. Uh, Infinity Countdown number four. Mm-hmm. It, fantastic issue. So we left off with uh, Silver Surfer going to Galactus, who is now Galactus the Lifebringer. And tells him that he has to basically devour the planet that Ultron is living on to stop him. And most of the issue centers around that with uh, Adam Warlock fighting Ultron and then Galactus eventually coming and destroying the planet. And then we find out that the way Silver Surfer got him to do that was by promising him he would be the Herald of Galactus again. (laughs) So I'm super excited to see what that brings. (laughs) Yeah, and then in the background, the guardians are delivering the power stone to the novas, and then decide that they can't trust them. And in that time, uh, the collector and his brother, along with Cosmo, are trying to figure out why they were sold a power stone that doesn't mm-hmm. work. At the same time that the guardians got a power stone, and it's basically backlash from Secret Wars where when all the multiverse was readjusted and redistributed, each universe got a power stone mm-hmm. hidden from them. And this was a power stone from a different universe. So a lot of super, super nerdy infinity stuff in this. And it's awesome. Oh yeah. And then my last book, everybody's been waiting. Deadpool. Number one. Oh man, he did it. Scotty Young has done the impossible. Uh oh. I really like this book. I really like it. Holy crap. Everybody hear that. Deadpool number one. You read it. Um it's the story of him kind of reforming his Merc group and taking on clients. And they do a good job of mixing in the humor with just the all out action. Mm-hmm. And how he kind of runs his mercenary business. And in the end, we he has this decision that he's sick of going out and fighting, you know, C-list people and killing <laughs> them. He wants to be, like, back on top. Yeah. And so how does he do it? He's going to start his own summer Marvel Comics event. Oh, wow. And brings in the Guardians and the Avengers and... Uh, has to basically save them from this uh, giant being that comes out on a motorcycle. Nice. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, The art's really good. The writing is very clever, which is unique for Deadpool. Um, (laughs) There's still some stuff that it's like they're trying to readjust Deadpool to be more closer to the movies. Mm-hmm. And some of that kind of came across as forced. Yeah. But uh, all in all, I thought it was a very good issue and a good place for people like me who may not enjoy the character as much or just people who saw the movies and want to start reading. I think this is the best place to start. Um, Scotty Young has a grip on the character. Awesome, dude. Never thought you'd hear that, would you? Yeah, I was not expecting that to happen today. but And then... Uh, huh. In anticipation of talking to Venditti, I read Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, number or volume one, and it's 
awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The artist on it was Ethan Van Skyver and Rafael Rafa Sandoval. Really good art. And the art is fantastic. They do a really good job with colors as well. And uh, just the whole bringing Sinestro back to power and Hal Jordan forging his own Green Lantern ring. Yeah. Um, And then his inevitable sacrifice that won't really be a sacrifice because it's called Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, But (laughs) really great trade. And... uh, my big other big surprise was Exo Man of War Volume One that Vin yeah. did for. Uh, I know nothing about those right. books at all. Uh, this is a really great place to start. It's four issues. It's a really good read, and it's Ooh. kind of a breezy read, so you can get through it in a sitting or two. And basically, they're we're taking place in Roman times, and the Romans are fighting this other tribe that's trying to save their home. In the midst of it, these aliens come down, and they're basically picking people away to be as slaves for them. And our lead, our head character is like a leader general of an army. And he starts a rebellion inside the spaceship and it takes him to this priest who has this armor that is said to be blessed by the gods. And they show you throughout the book where other people have tried like their greatest warriors and the armor just kills them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, the lead character is, picks it up, puts it on, and it accepts him. And then mm-hmm. he's basically uh, year 400 AD Iron Man. Comes cool. back to Earth. It's modern times. He's fighting uh, fighter pilots and shit. And then goes back up into space. And there's a whole conspiracy where this alien race has basically been controlling Earth all along. Um, it's, yeah. That sounds nuts. It's insane, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of action, and I, I'm actually going to keep reading because it was just so good. Wow. Great. That's all I got. So, Mike. Well, yeah, I mean, I read some stuff, the uh, but uh, you most likely hear about it in the interview for uh, oh, yeah. Green Lantern stuff. But anyways, you guys can find me at Fortress Ricker on the Twitters. Where can they find you, Chris? Well, they can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter. Wow. You can find the show at FCN underscore official on Twitter or FortressComicNews.com. And uh, you know the drill. If you're listening to this on iTunes, give us a review there. Reviews. It helps us find more people. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thumbs up, comment below, all that fun stuff. Subscribe to the channel. And uh, check out the show notes. All the other stuff is there. That's all I got. That's it. See you guys. Bye.